Good morning, everyone. Happy Monday to you all. I hope you are all as bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and ready to enjoy some daily devotions through Redeeming Life Fellowship. If we haven't uh, met before, I'm Dan. I'm a teaching pastor here and excited that we have this opportunity to uh, come and read the Bible and grow in a living relationship with God today. And if you're following along, you know we've been in the Gospel of John. And today we're going to be in John chapter 7, verses 25 through 52. And our focus is primarily going to rest on verses 37 through 39, which happens in the occasion where Jesus says something that's really quite remarkable. And it's not just what he says that's so remarkable, but also the timing of what he says, which, if you know, uh, in this series, the section of John, there seems to be this emphasis in playing with images and themes and symbolism that's laden within the context in relationship to Jewish festivals, which when you're celebrating these Jewish festivals, you're not just looking at a date on the calendar and saying, okay, uh, it's this day, so we celebrate this, it's this day, we celebrate that. The reason why you have these festivals is a remembrance of the things that God has done in the past that you that it's important for you to remember because uh, if God did not act and do these things in the past, you would not be the people who you are in the present because of a God who acted on your behalf. And so you celebrate these festivals in a continual remembrance of who God is so that your heart is changed, it's conditioned, and that you come to believe and trust in God in a, in, a, um, in a deep and real way because you remember the things that you've done, that he's done on, on your behalf. That's what the Jewish festivals, in a nutshell, are all about. And so uh, there's, in this case, uh, Jesus has gone through and taken sacred times, holidays, holy days, um, holy occasions, holy moments, where Jesus uses that as a way of demonstrating how he himself fulfills the meaning of that festival or that holiday. He's done this already with the Passover. He's done it with the Sabbath. And in this section, he's doing it with the Feast of Tabernacles, or as is in some translation, the Feast of Booths, the Feast of Tents, if you want a, a more paraphrased uh, or living translation, you might call it the Feast of Huts or the Feast of Shacks or Shanties. Uh, you can throw anything in there. But basically, uh, it's kind of like a camping holiday. And to explain what I mean, the Feast of Tabernacles is a week-long feast, a week-long celebration, where uh, you would basically uh, live intense as the Hebrews did and they're wandering through the wilderness for 40 years. And it's by doing that, it's a remembrance by celebrating this Feast of Tabernacles. And there's lots of other things associated with the Feast of Tabernacles, but for our purposes, the, the most important part is that, yeah, you're uh, basically uh, living, as it were, wandering, uh, your shelter is in a tent, in remembrance of how it is that God demonstrated his gracious and merciful providence for the Israelites when they were wandering through the desert for 40 years. Through this context, Jesus 
is using the occasion of the Feast of Tabernacles to demonstrate how it is that in the same way that God sustained them uh, through their wilderness wanderings, even in, during the this Feast of Tabernacles, as we lived in tents, God provided for us that he himself is the, is the one uh, who, if people look to him, um, he's going to fulfill um, the heart of what the Feast of Tabernacles actually means. And so with that in mind, uh, oh, of course, one last thing, please excuse me. Not the coffee, another point I was going to make. But the last thing uh, to, to point out about the Feast of Tabernacles is that on the last day, the eighth day, where the Feast of Tabernacles closes, or it, it, it's, it reaches a crescendo in a closing ceremony where the Jewish leaders would walk to the Pool of Siloam, which we've already read about in John chapter 5, and draw some out and take it back to the temple and pour it out as a drink offering and recite uh, Isaiah chapter 12, verses 3, I believe, and where it says, uh, with joy, you will draw from the wells of salvation. And that is going to be an important parallel for us to understand what Jesus is about to say on the last and greatest day of the feast. But with that in mind, let's read through John chapter 7, verses 25 through 52. And it says this, At that point, some of the people of Jerusalem began to ask, isn't this the man they were trying to kill? Here he is, speaking publicly, and they are not saying a word to him. Have the authorities really concluded that he is the Christ? But we know where this man is from. When the Christ comes, no one will know where he is from. Then Jesus, still teaching in the temple courts, cried out, Yes, you know me, and you know where I am from. I am not here on my own. But he who sent me is true. You do not know him, but I know him because I am from him, and he sent me. At this they tried to seize him, but no one laid a hand on him because his time had not yet come. Still, many in the crowd put their faith in him. They said, When the Christ comes, will he do more miraculous signs than this man? The Pharisees heard the crowd whispering such things about him. Then the chief priests and the Pharisees sent temple guards to arrest him. Jesus said, I am with you for only a short time, and then I go to the one who sent me. You will look for me, but you will not find me. And where I am, you cannot come. The Jews said to one another, Where does this man intend to go where we cannot find him? Will he go where our people live scattered? among the Greeks, and teach the Greeks? What did he mean when he said, You will look for me, but you will not find me, and where I am you cannot come? And here's our focus. Verse 37. On the last and greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time the Spirit had not 
been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. Do you remember how in the wilderness wanderings that God had provided water for them from a rock? Uh, miraculously, graciously, water is what they needed in the desert. Um, and while they're wandering in the desert and uh, water is the thing that they need and they can't find it, that God provides it, that streams of living water would flow from a rock um, and they would quench their first thirst and be able to satisfy him, them. In this, it seems to me that in this celebration of the Feast of the Tabernacles, that, that this image that God provides water and that this is a recognition of salvation, saving of the soul, the life of a people who are trusting in him, uh, that this is the imagery, the symbol-laden imagery that, 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 that John is using, that Jesus is using, really, uh, to demonstrate how it is that Jesus, in the same way God provided water, uh, that Jesus is the person who we must look, look to, that they must look to, in order to find life and satisfaction and saving for their souls. And let's read it again. Verse 37, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. Uh, that, that satisfaction that, that you and I so desire comes through the gift of the Spirit that God promises you, that he promises me, and that will change us from the inside out. And that, uh, that that's the sort of satisfaction and salvation that you and I so desperately need. And it comes from Jesus and Jesus alone. And it's an offering to anyone who is thirsty. If I can see that, 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 G, that, that Jesus is, is like the living water that the Israelites needed when they were wandering in the wilderness then it must be true that I desperately need him um, and that he, the gift that he offers is one that he offers freely. Not because I've deserved it or I'm great or I'm wonderful or that you're great or that you're wonderful or that you deserve it. But this is God's gracious hand of providence that he offers his spirit um, to anyone who, who is willing to humble himself and receive it. Uh, but let's, let's continue. On hearing his words, some of the people said, surely this man is the prophet. Others said, he is the Christ. Still others asked, how can Christ come from Galilee? Does not scripture say that the Christ will come from David's family and from Bethlehem, the town where David lived? Thus the people were divided because of Jesus. Some wanted to seize him, but no one laid a hand on him. Finally, the temple guards went back to the chief priests and Pharisees, who asked them, Why didn't you bring him in? No one ever spoke the way this man does, the guards declared. You mean he has deceived you also, the Pharisees retorted. Has any of the rulers of the Pharisees believed in him? No, but this mob who that knows nothing of the law. There is a curse on them. Nicodemus, who had gone to Jesus earlier, and who was one of their own number, asked, does our law condemn anyone without first hearing him to find out what he is doing? They replied, Are you from Galilee too? Look into it, and you will find that a prophet does not come out of Galilee. Wanting to discredit Jesus even before 
um, they're actually searching, searching out or giving his words a fair hearing. Um, they're already discriminating against Jesus because of where it is that he comes from and, and not actually listening or weighing carefully to what Jesus has to say, as Nicodemus did. And I pray that all of us would actually be a little more like Nicodemus in this case and not like the rest of the teachers of the law um, who are dismissive about Jesus's bold and remarkable claims, most remarkable indeed, if, if he's saying that he's the living water, uh, the source of the living water that's going to bring salvation, that, that Jesus is the thing that they and you and I so desperately need, uh, they wouldn't just write it off as religious claptrap, uh, but that this is, um, that Jesus means what he says he means because he is who he said he is. Uh, so let's take that to heart. But thank you so much for, for joining us. Uh, if you haven't subscribed to the YouTube channel, is, uh, you can get daily notifications to follow along with the reading plan. You can follow us through uh, our podcasts. You can uh, find links below to help support this uh, church plant here in Whitley County. And um, I pray that you also become a part of us. You pray for us. Uh, and that uh, we can work together to see to it that that all of us together would uh, that God would use us in profound ways to bring about his purposes for the lives of the people whom he he desperately desperately loves uh, and so God bless you and uh, look forward to seeing you next time take care